Imagine if you could sit down at your desk in the morning, piping hot coffee in hand, you could pop open your laptop, double click on a document on your desktop that says life plan, so you could check on what's happening this week, this month, or even this year. Well, I wanna help you create that plan. Let's spend five days together making a roadmap for your future so that you can live all the rest of your days on purpose. Yes, you can own the future that's coming your way. The five-day Own Your Future Challenge is absolutely free to join, and I've got a spot with your name on it. Don't let another week, month, year, or even decade pass you by without owning the vision for who you want to become and the impact you want to make while you're alive. This is five free days of learning from incredible world leaders, helping you to uncover who you truly are and leading you to craft a roadmap and set goals aligned with the future meant for you. This is important. Join me and other amazing global leaders and experts to help you own your future starting May 11th. You can join right now for free at jennaschallenge.com. That's jennaschallenge.com for the five-day Own Your Future Challenge. I can't wait to see you there. You're listening to The Gold Digger Podcast, episode number 260. There are two kinds of people in this world, those who open their bank app on their phone without a single worry or anxiety, and those who squirm and cringe just thinking about it. And maybe even people that pretend like the app isn't even there. Nearly one in three women in our country are discouraged about their finances, with over 68% feeling overwhelmed by debt. But it doesn't have to be that way. I am so thrilled to welcome Tiffany Alicia, aka the Budget Nista, to Gold Digger. This girl knows personal finance. She's a highly sought after speaker and cited expert with features on the Today Show, Forbes, MSNBC, and so much more. Tiffany even helped write law on financial literacy, now called the Budget Nista Law, that requires middle school students to learn financial literacy in their home state of New Jersey. Tiffany is real about her financial journey. She talks about the recession and how it claimed her home, how she went through foreclosure that left her credit score dwindling, and her strategies that brought it back up. If you don't know, 800 is a near-perfect credit score, and that's what Tiffany has. She knows what she's doing, and she's here to share it with you. And let me tell you, I was rolling laughing as Tiffany shared some of her stories and in the way that only Tiffany can share them. I want to talk about things like debt. Eliminating debt was a personal goal of mine, and Drew and I now live entirely debt-free, but I wanted to ask Tiffany about the different types of debt and how to get out of it from any starting point and simple strategies to contribute to your savings that won't leave you feeling cash-strapped at the end of the month. She is so much fun to talk to. Here she is, the budget nista herself. You're listening to the Gold Digger Podcast, where we firmly believe that work doesn't have to feel like work. Self-made millionaire and marketing guru Jenna Kutcher will help you redefine what success looks like. It's time to hear from the experts, listen in on honest conversations, and learn the best tips and tricks that helped others pave their own way and craft their dream career. If you're ready to dig in, do the work, and tackle your biggest goals, you're in the right place. Here's your host, educator, photographer, and mac and cheese lover, Jenna Kutcher. 
Thanks to LinkedIn for supporting Gold Digger. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easy to get matched with quality candidates who make the most sense for your role. Post a job today at linkedin.com slash gold digger and get $50 off your first job posting. I love doing a big grocery haul every week with Thrive Market. Shop for thousands of the best-selling organic foods and natural products at 25 to 50% below traditional retail prices. Get 25% off your first order plus a free 30-day trial at thrivemarket.com slash gold digger. All right, Tiffany, welcome to the podcast. I am so excited. I've been following you for months and I have been itching to get you on the show because what you teach and the way you teach it is so needed. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Jenna. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Heck yes. Okay. So talk to me about the budget Nista because how did you get into this? What has your life looked like that have led you to the position you're in and kind of walk me through your journey to get you to where you are today? Sure. It's a little shady, a little sunny. So (laughs) the sunny part is I grew up in a household where money was talked about all the time. My dad was an accountant and a CFO. And so I'm one of five girls. And so money was talked about regularly. I didn't know that kids didn't get Thursday night money class. (laughs) 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 And so I didn't think anything of it until college. And my college roommate was getting like debt collectors calling the room and So I was like coaching her based upon what I knew. So I became the go-to girl in my circle for money. Then after college, I went on to become a school teacher and thought I would do it forever and ever until the recession hit. And when the recession hit, we all lost our jobs because my school, they closed their doors due to lack of funding. Even when I was a teacher there, I was teaching the parents had a budget, the maintenance men, everyone. (laughs) I just like, you know, it was just something I enjoyed and I really, really, really loved teaching. And at the time, I remember I was doing a lot of volunteer work and I was asking my baby sister, so this is the shady part. And so I said, (laughs) what should I call myself? Because I'm going into schools and I don't want to, I want something fun. I'm like, maybe budget queen, budget diva. And she was like, no. She was a teenager at the time. And she said, you know, the fashionista? I was like, yeah. She's like, that's not you. (laughs) Um, but she don't spend any money. You should be the budget Nista. And I said, you know what? I Googled it. No one had it. So I trademarked it. And here I am post-recession. Like I said, I lost my job. I'd lost my condo. I I bought a condo when I was 25 on my teacher's salary. I'd saved about $40,000 in two years. And I was making about $40,000 a year. I was always really frugal and really good with my money. I bought my, every car I've ever owned, I bought in cash. And so I was good with my money, but the recession really put me in a bad state because for two years I couldn't find a job. So I had to live off of my savings, then my retirement account. And so I really fell into a funk. And as I dug my way out, I promised myself that I was going to help other people Mm. along the way. And so I started the Budget Mista as a result. Oh, I love that. Okay, so I know what you do now, but walk me through what your business looks like now, because it's totally different than how you started. Yes. So my business used to literally be, I will come to your house. We will sit down and write down your budget. Everything you spend money on will create an automated money system that's specifically designed for you and your life. So that's what it used to look like. And it got to be really exhausting after a while because I physically can't be everywhere. Then it morphed into, I remember calling my mentor and I said, Christine, you know, I I don't know how do I grow this business? How do I scale up? And she said, oh, you know what you need? You need contracts. And Christine had just gotten one of the largest contracts in our city, I think about a million dollars at that time. And I was like, oh my gosh. So I'm totally thinking she's going to hook me up. Like, okay, <laughs> said, well, I got to go. So that's my advice. Okay, bye girl. I was like, wait, 
what? That's it? I need contract, Christine. <laughs> and so I thought to myself, okay, I really started, I honestly, I started praying. I was like, oh my God, God, what is going on? And so I felt like, you know what? I kind of felt this like sense of like, Tiffany, honestly, you have everything you need. I started listing everything that I had. I was like, I've got a computer. Meanwhile, it was a netbook. A netbook <laughs> is a glorified cell phone. Okay. And I was like, I have a place to stay, even though because I'd lost my condo to foreclosure, I was sleeping on my sister's couch. So like, and living out of like a 1980 suitcase, like one of those big wide ones. Yes. yes. That was my life. And so I was like, you know, I've got email. And I was like, you know what? I do have my emails. And so I emailed everyone on my list and it was mostly people I'd volunteered with or for their organization. And I said, hey, you know, it's Tiffany. I teach financial education. I've done a lot of volunteer work, but this is something that I also do as a business. You know, I'd love to, to see how I could be of service to your business and your staff or maybe your constituents. And no one emailed me back except for this woman named Catherine at the United Way. And she was like, yeah, Amy doesn't work here anymore. Sorry, girl. And I was like, wait. <laughs> I was like, well, hey, stranger, can I meet you? And she was like, sure. What I didn't know at the time was that she was newly hired. She had just been there for a week. And so I guess the woman I originally emailed, I didn't know her personally. I, I just must have had Amy's email from the United Way in my um Gmail. And so Catherine was like, it was her job to put on different programming for the United Way in the city of Newark and the surrounding area. And so I met with her. We became fast friends. We're like really great friends now, 10 years later almost. We became fast friends. I helped her with her budget in the meeting. I gave her my first book, The One Week Budget. I brought it with me and I gave it to her. And she was like, this was so good. Could you like do this for the staff? I was like, yeah, do y'all prepay? Kidding, not kidding. I was like, no, do y'all prepay? Because <laughs> I was broke and my sister told me I had 30 days to vacate her couch and go oh, back home. Oh my gosh. I know. And I was like, I don't want to go back home to mommy and daddy. I told them everything was fine and I lied. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it wasn't like I was going to be homeless, but you know, I didn't want to, I was 30. So that's like, grown grown and I didn't want to like you know go back to my parents house and so they did prepay and so I was able to a girlfriend had found this house downtown Newark and the lady was renting out each room for $500 so she was filling it up with her friends so I was like oh my gosh I totally will have $500 in three days just hold my room and so she did and the United Way paid me I think like yeah like maybe three to five hundred dollars and I one thing I am really good at is teaching and so it went so well that the staff there said, hey, you know, some people missed it, but they heard it was great and they asked me to come back. So I did. And then Catherine said, that was so great. Could you do this as maybe like a series of classes here at the United Way? And I was like, does that mean I have a contract? Oh my God, Christine, <laughs> you and your vague instructions are working, you know? And so, yes, it was. And so I think the contract was like for $1,500 or maybe, I don't know, maybe $2,000 for like six classes. And so I did, I taught one day a week and then it became two days a week. And then oh. it was like three years later. So that really held me down until I, I had to figure out, okay, I went from one-on-one -on -one to one to few. So people in the class, you know, and I also learned to market during that time because I realized that if I filled the class, the United Way would, would have me come back over and over. Yeah. And so I thought, well, how do I go to one to many? And so I took that class and I put it online and I created something called the Live Richer Challenge. And I gave it away for free. I didn't know how to monetize it at first. I gave it away for free because the classes were free. The United Way offered them for free and they just paid me. And I thought, okay, how do I 
get someone to pay me to do what I'm already doing. And so I started getting sponsorships and I wrote a book that went along with each of the challenges. We're now in year five. Each challenge has its own theme. So there was like the fundamental savings edition, credit edition, home buying, net worth edition. And so each challenge edition, I wrote a book to go along with it and people would buy the book. So that was like another source of income. And because of the challenges, because sometimes, you know, there's ways that you know that you're going to make money and yep. ways that you're not really sure because of the challenges, my audience grew. So the first challenge had 10,000 people sign up and the next one had like 30 or 40 and 50. Wow. Now like 700,000 people have signed up. Oh my um, gosh. Mm-hmm. And so, but as a result of that, I've created this tribe and we call ourselves dream catchers. So think Beyonce's beehive, but like, yes. crazy. I mean, not that you're crazy beehive, please don't sting me. <laughs> um, like, <laughs> Cause I love Beyonce too. She's the queen. And so I, so because of my audience growing, my audience started to basically hire me. Like somebody worked at JetBlue, said JetBlue hired me to speak and someone worked at American Express. And, and so I started getting all of these speaking engagements. And I think my first one paid me like 500 bucks. And now I'm upwards of about $25,000 for a speaking engagement. Awesome. But you have to rock it. You know, it's not just enough, obviously to like, you know, just because people like so that was another kind of a form of income that I wasn't necessarily anticipating. And as my audience grew, then companies started to come to me. I don't consider myself an influencer. I'm an educator. Yeah. But sometimes when something's in alignment, I'm like, hey, like, for example, I love Ebates. Yes. I love Ebates. Ebates came to me and said, hey, you love Ebates. We love you. Let's work together. So yes. we do. And so I started doing things. I would say that's probably maybe like, well, maybe... I don't know, maybe like 20%, 25% of my business has become like influencer stuff kind of that's in alignment. Just even recently, like I started to do like TV as a result too. Like mm-hmm. today, oh, hello. Yes, I know. <laughs> the real, so I'm the go-to financial education person for the real. I was just there like last week. I love um, them. And so it's just, all of these things have kind of grown. And then the thing that really kind of took my business to the next level was I started an online school called the Literature Academy. And so that has become my seven figure, my multi seven figure a year business. Oh, um, girl. I love that's it. only from like laying the foundation of like, you know, the challenges, the speaking, the TV, but really it came from taking care of my audience. And as a result, the academy has about 25,000 students and they pay, you know, monthly for a monthly subscription. And the Academy is because I give away a lot of the budget Nista stuff yep. for free, most of it, because I think financial education, basic financial education should be free. Budgeting, savings, debt, credit, stuff like that. So Academy is next level stuff. It's, so it's not typically me teaching. I've asked my friends who are experts. My accountant teaches accounting. You know, my business lawyer teaches how to incorporate your business. My marketing CMO teaches like, you know, how to market And so like, there's all these classes on personal finance, next level, also how to start a business, things like investing, everything you could think of side hustling. We have so many amazing classes, maybe marriage and money, kids and money, your parents and getting them prepared for their finances as you start to take them over as they get a little older. And so there's all of these amazing classes and that's what the academy is. It's really like the next level. And what happens is as you start to do the work, other ways other income, you know, like I'm still a teacher when it comes down to, I'm just teaching, but other ways to manifest teaching, like 
come in and then you lean in and you monetize them. Yeah. Some things I monetize and some things I, you know, I give away because I really believe in service yeah. and that you're here to make the world a better place. And if I can monetize some of the service, great. But if I can't, I still give it away. You are such an example of starting small and working big. And also, it is just so refreshing to be in conversation with a woman who's open about numbers. On this show, we share a lot of figures and numbers and and amounts of money. And I feel like it's been such a taboo thing for so long that you shouldn't talk about that. But it's so refreshing to hear that. Thanks. Honestly, numbers are my... Jam. Like, like, right? They are. They're my BFFs. <laughs> I was just at Whole Foods today. Like, a, I love Whole Foods. And the, the cashier was like, oh my gosh, Tiffany, I just want you to know that you've helped me raise my credit in oh points. And the woman God. behind her was like, I Tell didn't want to more. say anything, but I'm a budget. I'm a, we call ourselves dream catchers. Yeah. I'm a dream catcher too. And I'm looking like, really? That's and then so it was funny because cool. my friend just texted me today. It was so crazy. I'm just shout out to EJ because I'm proud of you. She's like, so August 2019, I'll be credit and debt free. Mm-hmm. No car loan payments. Everyone hits me up and tells me their numbers. That is and that's, awesome. You know, that's what you're wanting. For Numbers should not be scary. Yes. Even if they're not amazing, there should be something that, you know, you should be able to share freely because it's in letting go of the fear that you can actually work toward the solution. Oh, amen. Okay, let's talk about debt because I feel like debt is this like gray cloud and it's really scary. And I know a lot of people when they're starting businesses, they go into debt or, you know, marriages or houses or all these things. So give me some myths that people believe about debt. That it's forever. <laughs> yep. Right? Because at one point I was $300,000 in debt. So about 200000 of that was my student loans. And then I had credit card debt, like thirty or forty thousand dollars worth of credit card debt. Then I had, uh, I just had, oh, I had student, yeah, student loans, and I also had my home. I was in debt. Two hundred thousand was the home. My student loans were like fifty or sixty thousand, and it seemed like I was going to be in debt forever. And that's just not true. The way to tackle debt, debt is a slow go. It's one foot in front of the other. There are some parts of your finances that you'll be able to move forward more quickly. Debt is typically not one of them. Debt is something that you should kind of like almost set it and forget it. So I had to learn that, that like in the beginning, I used to put all my money toward my student loan. So it wasn't until October of last year that I actually paid off my student loans. Did I have the money earlier? I think I had $52,000 left. Did I have $52,000 earlier than that? Yes. Old Tiffany was like, oh my gosh, that, 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 get rid of it, get rid of it, get rid of it. But something clicked and I said, you know, there are people who are homeless and debt free. What does that mean? Debt free does not equal wealth. And that I can put that $52,000 toward paying off this debt now, or I can put it toward growing my business. And I did. And now we're seven figures. And once I felt really comfortable with where we were in business, then I took some of that money as like as my earnings and paid off the debt in one lump sum. But do you see how that debt should not be your priority? That's another myth. It should not be your priority. Growing wealth should be. Mm. That debt free does not equal wealth. Oh, that's good. That is good, girl. You are so quotable. I love this. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So in your book, you dig into paying off debt and you talk about finding, quote, unexpected money. So yes. what is unexpected money and what does that look like? So I like to call it UM because, you know, <laughs> I like my little quote. So, so UM, unexpected money, is any money that you receive 
outside of your normal paycheck. So you're a teacher, you're a lawyer, whatever, and you get your normal paycheck. So let's just say grandma slips you a hundred. It's your birthday. Okay. <laughs> you know, little sis pays you back after 10,000 years because, you know, little sisters don't pay back. So she does. Even better, you're at your fave Target. I mean, it targets everyone's fave. So, and there's a dress there for like, say like 50 bucks and you go to the front, you know, the cashier and you go to check it out and she says, hey, it's on sale for 25. Don't run back and get a second one. <laughs> Instead, that $25 was gone, right? Because in your mind, you were going to pay that for the dress, that extra $25. So that's unexpected money. Your girlfriend treats you to dinner. So you're out, you're eating dinner, you know, you order the chicken because you're on a budget. And then at the end, she says, it's on me. You're like, I knew I should have ordered seafood. Either way, <laughs> right? So <laughs> that $30 that you were going to spend on your dinner, that's unexpected money. So any money that you were going to spend, but didn't, or any money that you receive out of your normal pay, that's unexpected money. And if you immediately put that money toward debt or toward savings, then you're going to see a significant change. So $30, girlfriend pays for meal. I go on my phone and I take $30 from the account that I was going to use to pay for my dinner and I pay it automatically within honestly a few hours toward, like I put it toward a credit card bill or I transfer it to my savings account. Because just because money's not spent doesn't mean it's saved. In order for it to be saved, you have to purposefully put it somewhere. You see? So that's what unexpected money. I mean, I tried it for, I remember three months when I first tried it out, and it was $400 worth of unexpected money, $5, $10 here, $20 there. It added up to about $400. And so if you play that game with yourself with unexpected money, then that money adds up. I don't care if it's a dollar, anything a dollar or more that you were expecting to spend or you weren't expecting to receive, put it aside toward debt or toward savings. I love that. And I feel like when you start to think about it in the way that you described it, we're getting a lot of unexpected money in our lives, probably almost daily. And you probably aren't giving it second thought or putting it into action, like you said. And I love that. I think that's such a good tip. Yes. My father would say, many drops of water does a mighty river make, right? So what that means is, for those of you who are like, what? That means, right, that like you're not going to get a river overnight, right? Like it's going to be these small drops of water. Most people don't grow wealth in these lump sums. It's 10, 20, 30, 40, $100 decisions. And so if you don't take care of the smaller amounts of money, then you really are throwing away the bigger amounts of money because that's where they grow to. You know, every oak tree started off as an acorn at some point. And so gather your acorns. They really do add up. Yes. Yes. Amen. Are there certain strategies you have for paying off debt while also growing your savings? So I think a lot of times people are faced with decisions like, should I invest in a course and go further into debt, hoping that the results will pay off? Or should I buy new photography gear so that I have a full lineup of lenses? Like, how would you approach those things, especially when people are looking at starting a business and all the expenses that come along with it? Great question. So, Here's, I want you to remember this. You can be a business or you can look like a business. <laughs> a business or look like a business, right? So here is a business. There's a little girl down the street from me. Her name is Shantae. Shantae is a business. Well, she's not little, but she's like 16. So her mother allows her to braid hair on the weekend so she can make extra money. Shantae has a business. You know why? Because Shantae has customers 
She's got a product or service for her to service that people pay for. That's the third important piece, right? Yes. Customers, product or service, people pay for it. Shantae has a business. Does Shantae have business cards? No. Does Shantae have a, a braid shop? No. Does Shantae have a website? No. And yet, Shantae has a business. Yes. People look like a business. They got the business cards. They've got the website. They've got all of these fancy things. And yet no one is paying for their product or service. So that means you look like a business. So when you first start your business, I want you to be conscious of ROI. That's return on investment. In the beginning, only invest money in things where there's a direct return on investment. It's in the beginning, meaning if I'm going to be a baker, right, I'm not going to get a bakery because there's no direct return, right? But I am going to invest in eggs, flour, sugar, yeast. I don't know what goes into like cakes, you know? <laughs> Clearly I don't make right? So I'm going to invest in those things because guess what? There's a direct return. I buy those things, I mix them, I bake them, and then I sell them. You see? So in the beginning, if you don't invest in things that yield a direct return on investment, you have to give yourself the runway to have enough money to last you before you start investing in things that look like a business versus make you money. So that's what I tell people. Like, so should you buy a new camera? I don't know. You tell me. If buying a camera, if you are a photographer, then yes. If you are a, say you're an influencer, your cell phone might be enough. Because a photographer literally can take their camera and turn it into money. But as an influencer, let's just say you're like a health influencer. Girl, your cell phone is plenty. Like, you know, because so what you might want to invest, though, in workout clothes, because like that's like what people are really going to be looking at. So investing in things where there's a direct return. And then after a while, your business, if you're smart and you keep your costs low, your business will start to grow and you'll have a little bit of a buffer to invest in those other things where there is a return that comes later. Because I'm not saying don't have a website. Yes, there's a return for a website, but it might not be for a couple of years. So if you invest in a website and these fancy things now, you might not be here two years from now. So direct return on investment is really important. And only you know, based upon your business. So for me, I'm an information business. So in the beginning, when I was just teaching, I didn't, I wasn't doing anything online. I was teaching in person. I would invest in pens. Well, actually, that's not true. I would go to TD Bank and, you know, <laughs> borrow some pens. I'm like, I loved it. That's how they advertise. That's what I told my So I write pens <laughs> of photocopies, papers. I would go to the dollar store and get like folders because whenever I would teach, I would always like give people like a little packet. So I would invest in those things because it was like, it made the experience better. And I got that money directly back because I was teaching and then I would get my, you know, I would be paid to speak. And then over time, you know, I built a site and I got all these other kind of things. But in the beginning, you know, only in those things that I knew I could flip right away and get my money back because most businesses need runway. So runway is that space where you need to literally run before you take off, right? That's what they, where planes need space to gather momentum before they can fly. And so you need that too. And in the beginning, your runway is really short. If you don't use your money wisely, you're not going to be able to extend your runway to give yourself enough time to take off. It took me like four, almost five years to take off. So imagine if I ran out of money year two, they go, oh, well, business is done. No, now, you know, I run, I have four businesses. One is multi seven figures, two are multi six figures. And another is mid like five figures. I, I just started a few months ago. And so, you know, give yourself time to succeed. Yeah. 
You guys, can I tell you a little bit more about Thrive Market? I mentioned them really quickly at the beginning of this episode, but it's been a game changer for me and my family. I mean, we live in small town Minnesota. Just trying to eat well and save money can be kind of hard. And we have one single store in town that stocks organic, all natural products, and they have a few gluten-free options. But if I wanted more to choose from, we'd have to drive, no joke, two and a half hours, just one way. So Obviously, it's not totally practical, and that's why we've started to do a big grocery haul from Thrive Market. I'm truly shocked by the thousands of the best-selling organic foods and natural products that Thrive Market offers, and it's at 25 to 50% below traditional retail prices. Not to mention it takes zero hours to get this stuff because it's shipped straight to me. Like, I can't believe that I can get delivery organic groceries. What a time to be alive. In my most recent haul on Thrive Market, I got Jackson's Honest Lime Tortilla Chips, Yum, Thrive Raw Honey, Primal Kitchen Avocado Oil Mayo, and so much more. And I was able to filter all of this stuff by gluten-free so there was zero guesswork or label hunting. If you're thinking about making your grocery list for the week, peek at Thrive Market first. With a free 30-day trial plus an additional 25% off your first order at thrivemarket.com slash golddigger. That's thrivemarket.com slash golddigger for a free 30-day membership trial and 25% off your first order. The right hire can make a huge impact on your business. You'll hear me singing my team's praises because they're helping me scale this thing and grow my dream every bigger every single day. I found my three new team members with LinkedIn. I could have posted the opening on a regular job board and hoped the right person would come along, but finding the right person for my team who understands my brand and has a unique skill set to get the job done well, well, I'm not leaving that up to chance. I post on LinkedIn where people go every day to make connections, grow in their careers, and discover new job opportunities. 70% of the workforce, they're on LinkedIn. And nine out of 10 of those people are open to new opportunities. That's why a new hire is made every 10 seconds on LinkedIn. Hurry to linkedin.com slash golddigger and get $50 off your first job posting. That's linkedin.com slash golddigger and get $50 off your first job post. linkedin.com slash golddigger. Terms and conditions apply. One thing I'm curious about with your journey, especially because you've been kind of at the bottom and now you're at the top, how did you decipher how to pay yourself as an entrepreneur? Because at the beginning, I'm sure nothing was really promised. You get that first contract, but then what's next? And and you figured it out as you went. But what did that look like for you as an entrepreneur? A hot mess. So <laughs> it was. I was like, Uncle Sam, you get it when I get it. I'm not going to lie. The first two years, I did not pay my taxes because I didn't have any money. It wasn't until my accountant found me at the supermarket, Carlos. Hey, Carlos. <laughs> he was like, I have been calling you for months because he's a friend of mine. He was like, Come to your taxes. I was like, Carlos, I don't have any money. He's like, Tiffany. <laughs> Uncle Sam will send you to jail. Do you have jail time? I was like, I don't. Yeah. And so, and so, you know, we did my tax. I think I owed like $8,000, which was like a million dollars back then. Yeah. But he put me on a payment plan with Uncle Sam. And what I learned right away was one, off top, Uncle Sam gets paid before everybody else. Yeah. So I think at the time I, I had to set aside like 20 or 25%. Okay. That's like what Carlos told me. And now where I am now, I set aside 35%. Yeah. But then it was 20 to 25%. Then I paid as many bills as I could. 
And then I kind of just pulled the rest out. So there was no, because I was a solopreneur, like many new entrepreneurs. So there was no, hey, Tiffany, here's your salary. It was, well, whatever's left after all, everything else, you know? And so it's not until you have some buffer that you can start to kind of set your salary. And in the beginning, it was hand to mouth. So when a paycheck came in, even though you were paying the budget, you were paying Tiffany. I was like, woohoo. Now... I get money. Let's just say I just got paid $25,000 to speak. I don't get as excited because that 25,000 does not belong to me. It goes to the budget yes. and then the budget pays me. Yes. But in the beginning, it's okay that you're like, look, okay, uncle Sam has its money. I put some money toward whatever my business bills are. If you're able to save a little bit, great. Maybe you're not. And then squeezing out whatever's left for yourself. I mean, I was at zero every month. There was literally some months. This is why you need to get yourself some entrepreneur friends who are at the same level as you. You need some mentors and stuff too, but entrepreneur friends who are at the same level, your peers, because they have to normalize the process. So I would call my friend, Mark, who was just starting out. And I'm like, yo, Mark, I don't have enough money for my cell phone. He's like, you either? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, oh, my best friend, Drina, who's like my, she's like the amazing bomb publicist that works with all these like famous people now. But at the time I'd known Drina since we were nine years old. And so when we were starting off, I was her first client and, you know, I paid her in hugs and love and she didn't have cell phone money either, but there are going to be times when you're just not going to have it and someone's not going to get it on time. And that's okay. And that's normal. Unemployment was my friend. You know, when I first started, people's couches were my friend. My parents of deep freezer when they were away at church were my friend. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, mommy and daddy. I know you were like, where did the chicken go? Yeah. To my house. <laughs> you know, you have to learn, like, there's a lot of humility involved. And you have to ask yourself if you are willing to do the work required. And if you're just doing it for money, it's going to be very difficult for you to keep going because money might not come for a while. Like for me, I'm in it largely for the service because I really enjoy the feeling of helping people, you know? So even if I didn't get paid that month, I got paid, I got compensated because if I helped someone, I was compensated. And that was enough to keep me going even when I wasn't being paid financially. And eventually the financial part caught up. But if I was just there for the financial, I'm not going to lie, I would have gave up a long time ago because it's a hard way to go. There's easier ways to make money. Yeah. Amen. You know, I want to make a difference. And so you have to ask yourself, what is your motivation? And paying yourself is going to look messy in the beginning. If I could give one piece of advice from the very, very beginning, opening up a separate bank account for your business and a separate bank account personally. I mean, everything was mixed up for me for so long that it took forever to unmix it up. But I mean, everyone makes that mistake. But if you can try not to. So when you get a check, making sure people don't pay you, you know, Mary Hart you know, making sure they're paying Mary Hart Inc. Because when it comes time to do your taxes, it's like, okay, so Mary Hart and Mary Hart Inc. both got paid. So now it's confusing. Mm -hmm. Having like people pay your business, not paying you is going to be critical. And then depositing it in your business account, because that's where my company at one point owed me tens of thousands of dollars because Tiffany was paying bills for the budgetista. And I'm like, it's the same. And Carlos was like, yeah, girl. girl. God bless because Carlos, right? I, I was like, I just saw him today. I'm like, hey, Carlos. He's like, where are your Q1 P&L? You not pay Q1 tax. I'm like, I'll be back tomorrow. So getting also good financial, like a good accountant is going to be. Yes. 
so important. Yes. Meeting with them quarterly. Yes. Every quarter, I'm in Carlos's office for a full hour, spilling all my business about, like, about my business, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and Carlos helps me to, like, weave through, like, well, you shouldn't be an LLC anymore. You should be an S-Corp yes. now, you know? It's time to elevate to a C-Corp. So these are all ways that the IRS and the government looks at you as far as how to tax you. And so depending on how much you make and how money flows through, your accountant is going to be able to suggest how the government should look at you as far as taxes are concerned. I'll give you an example. I went from an S-Corp to a C-Corp and it saved me $100,000 in taxes. Isn't that crazy? You know, but some people might be like, oh, I want to be a C-Corp. <laughs> no. Slow down. No. Yeah. Slow down. <laughs> you have to make sure that that is the fit for you and only your accountant is going to know best. Yeah. So it's okay to make mistakes too. I mean, I, I say fail fast, succeed faster. The $500 mistake is going to make you avoid the $5,000 mistake. The 5000 will help you avoid the $50,000 mistake. You're not going to avoid making mistakes. So make them as quickly and as early as possible. So you could be like, oh, won't do that again. Get help. I mean, interns are, are great, but even stretch yourself. Even if my first person I employed, I paid her $8 an hour. And I mean, she was grown, but she was like, hey, girl, this is what I have, you know, because that's all I had. And she did it on the side because you want to learn how to lead quickly. It took me a long time to learn how to be a leader and learn how to be a, a boss, basically. And I wish I would have started sooner on interns and people who were willing to take like minimum wage. And, and now, I mean, people have started off at $11 an hour and now make a good mid to high five figures a year with me, you know, and and our goal is by next year, six figures. So, but you can't get there unless you start from somewhere. I'm curious for you, Tiffany, what has your relationship with money looked like going from nothing to going to being in the seven figure realm? Because that's a a big transformation personally. And I know that our relationship with money is always unusually complicated. What does that look like for you? I mean, I'm I'm always transparent. It's been hard, not hard. I mean, obviously, because here's the thing. I was not afraid of money growing up because I grew up talking about it. So, you know, my dad totally normalized it. And so my hangups about money came from the recession, not from my family. And so the recession turned me into a hoarder of money because I lost everything. So imagine like everything's going good. You got a job, you got a car, you got a house, you know, you're 25 years old. You're like, I'm out here stunting, you know, the recession happens and you're literally like, so I'm 30 now. And I'm on a couch and I have no money. And my car, which was so cute back then, is now like eight years old. And like, you know, and I'm like, you feel like a hobo. And you're like, I can't even afford to like pay attention, you know? And I just like, it was hard. And so as a result, when I started making money, I saved every penny. I still, up until like, you know, like maybe three years ago, I was still living the same way almost. Like I was still, if I had not met my husband, we started dating and he was like, why do you live here? I was like, what? Well, I was, and then I looked, I'm like, Tiffany, you're making six figures. And I was still living in that same yeah. room, that $500 a month room. I was still living there, driving my 99 Toyota Camry. And I couldn't let it go because I thought to myself, well, what if things go bad? Mm-hmm. You know, I want to make sure I have enough. At one point, like I had nearly like half a million dollars in a savings account. Yep. That didn't make sense. Yep. And so I'm not going to lie. I'm working through it now. So I, I bought some property last year, which helped. I paid off my parents' house, which mm-hmm. helped because I realized that there's a lot of fear of security. Yep. And so I said, well, let me secure myself a house that I know I can't lose to foreclosure. Yeah. My parents that I know that God forbid five years from now, there's no budgetista. I know that they're taking care of because their house is paid mm-hmm. off. And then I hired my own personal 
financial planner to help me work through some of my, although I know how to invest, you know, I know, but I needed someone to be like, let go of the money, Tiffany, and put it in this retirement account. Cause I know saving everything is not, is not a good idea. Emotionally, it's scary to let go. So that's what I did for myself is that what I tell all my dream catchers to do. And what I tell you listening to do is that getting help with whatever issue you might have it's critical having somebody walk you through when you're, you know, your first time back to the gym, it's okay to get a trainer, get a trainer, you know? Yeah. yeah it's just, so that's where I am now is that yes, technically am I what I call a baby millionaire, meaning like my net worth, if I were to add everything up, cause I'm debt free. Yep. Like I bought two houses last year in cash. And like I said, I paid my parents home off in cash and like our cars that we bought in cash. So I'm completely a hundred percent, my husband, I hundred percent debt free. And we are, you know, like the very beginning of a seven figure net worth. My company is worth, you know, multi seven figures. But like, as far as us personally, our net worth is like very beginning of seven figures. You would never know looking at us. But so, right. But it's, I'm working through it because I also don't want to, to be irresponsible. I know I have the opportunity to grow generational wealth. And I want to make sure that although I want to enjoy the money that's coming in, I want to make sure that I'm setting a strong foundation to be able to continue to enjoy it indefinitely. And then my kids, kids and kids, kids can do the same. So yeah, it's not, it's not easy. Like I, you know, I'm grateful that I don't have like a bunch of family that's like, Tiffany, Tiffany, I need, I need, I need. So thank God for that, because that would make it really hard. But I still help out my, some of my family members, but no one is kind of like, no one takes advantage of me, thankfully. Everybody's pretty well, you know, well settled. I feel like you and I are twins in that experience because when you talked, that's exactly been our experience with saving and hoarding money and security and figuring out where we want to put it and and we're debt free as well. And and that is the most freeing feeling in the world. I feel like when you mm-hmm. when you have no money and then you suddenly have money and you realize that that money can solve almost every problem minus health, you can approach life in such a different way where like I don't feel fear for so many things that other people fear. And like, what a blessing. But I feel like too, when it happens, and it's not, it didn't happen quickly, but it did when you look at time frame in life, it's like your brain has to catch up to that and your belief systems have to catch up to that. And I feel like relationship with money, it's so complex and it stems from so many places. And yeah, I'm just, thank you for sharing that because I think, you know, it's easy to say, you know, you went from foreclosure to this, but But that transformation mentally, you can teach all day, but sometimes the things that we teach, we need more of in our own lives, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. Like I, like, it's crazy because my husband and I were like, oh, we literally cut off our cable. I was like, oh, $200 a month. No way. (laughs) And I was telling my, I was telling my financial planner, she's like, Tiffany. It's all good, girl. (laughs) You can afford, I was like, no, I was like, Angelique, that's ridiculous. It's just like, girl, you make like five figures a month. I'm like, oh, I know. (laughs) (laughs) But it just seems so like, you know, I will say one of the few differences, like I'm like now when I go to Whole Foods, first of all, the fact that I go to Whole Foods, it's like, look at you, baller, you know? (laughs) And then, and then second, for the first time in my life, I food shop and I don't, like I was the person, yes, I would be in the food, like literally adding up on my calculator, writing it down. Like the cashier and I would say how much it was at the same time, like (laughs) $39.99. Because I knew, like, you're not going to play me at the front and I have to put something back. 
I knew exactly how much my bill was going to yeah. be. And now I just put things in my cart and I purchased them. I'm like, okay. So yes. yes, I got it. Like whatever it is. I mean, you know, it's not going to be $10,000. Yeah. I mean, though, you never know. What else is, but, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but like, you know, so that's like one of the changes where it feels nice. Like we're renovating the house and the, the best piece of advice that a friend of mine gave me, he said, Tiffany, you budget needs to every other part of your life. Don't budget needs to the renovation. And I'm so glad I listened to him because that was my plan because, you know, I find myself living, not living less because I travel a lot and I enjoy my family and friends, but like less as in like, I don't necessarily do for myself and because I'm like, well, I've learned to be like, I don't need it. I don't need it. And it's like, okay, well, like I was at Target with a girlfriend and she was like, I was like, oh, these jeans, these are cute. She's like, well, why don't you get them? And I'm like, yeah. She's like, Tiffany, the jeans are $27. (laughs) And like, I was like, yeah, but I don't really, she's like, get the G. Yeah. <laughs> I used to never so, fly first class ever, ever. I still don't. Oh, <laughs> that was the one change this year where I said any travels I'm doing, I'm going first class because it's more comfortable. I can sleep better or with a baby, it's easier. And yeah. it has changed the way that I approach travel. It changes the way I feel when and after I travel. But yeah. for years, I like said, it's not worth it to me. Like that extra couple hundred dollars, it's not worth it. And now it's like, okay I'm in a season of life where I like deserve it and I can take that and it is worth it but I'm with you like I am such a I love clearance racks I love yes feels like you'll never take that away from anyone <laughs> I, know. I know it's so crazy there's been so many times that I've been in coach I remember one time I was like I just finished speaking at like this one of the biggest women's conferences in the whole nation it's called essence fest and it's amazing. And I like, you know, I'm on main stage. I tore it down and I'm literally like in the last row, like by the bathroom. <laughs> yes, literally by the bathroom. And this woman sat next to me and she looked at me and she said, aren't, aren't you the budget? I was like, yeah. She said, why, why are you back here? I'm like, I'm, I got I'm to right. this point because like, I sat yeah. back here. <laughs> but I, I got what she meant. Yes. She was basically yes. was like, wait. Yes. <laughs> like, and it, it kind of, yes, it kind of hit me like, why am I back here? <laughs> why are you back here in 36 F by the toilet? Um, what is one thing that you wish you could like just proclaim for women to give more freedom around money? I would say you are capable, you are able. You are capable, you are able. A lot of it has to do because you do not know, meaning like the knowledge is not there. The ability is there, the knowledge is not there. But know this, you know, once the knowledge is there, I mean, you you just have to put your wings on and fly. Like, I I wish I would have known all of this was possible because like, yo, I I can't believe I run a multi-seven-figure-a-year business. I'm like Tiffany, the preschool Mm -hmm. teacher. Like, you know, less than 10 years ago, Tiffany, the preschool teacher, is running like four businesses yeah. and slaying, yeah. you know? And I'm like, I, just the other day, I told somebody, no, my rate is $25,000. i am like, they're so not going to pay me that. They're like, okay. I was like, wait, yes. what? For 45 minutes? I used to make that in a yes. year. <laughs> yes. You know? And so you are capable. You are able. And if you would just jump, I'm not going to pretend like you, you might not, you know, tumble down that cliff the first time. But it's not going to kill you. And what you will learn is how quickly to unfurl your wings, how quickly to flap, you know, at what speed. Like, that's what happens when you keep jumping is that you learn and you learn and you learn and that the falling doesn't kill you. You know, the falling is not failing. It's the not getting back up, you know, that's failing is that when you give up. But yeah, if I would have known, I would have jumped a lot sooner because you you learn the lessons faster 
And now I actually look forward to lessons because when you learn a lesson and it's painful, right? So it's like, whew, that's a growing pain. What that literally signifies is that you are literally going from one level to the next. Like when I was a kid in high school, I grew like a lot of inches in a, in a short period of time. And there's a medical term literally called growing pains. And that's when like your joints don't catch up with your ligaments. Like your, the bones are not growing as quickly as your muscles or something. So I actually had crutches for a little while. And I used to have the elevator key, which I thought it was so cool letting everybody ride up the, you know, like come yeah. with me, you can ride the elevator, right? And so those were growing pains. And what it literally meant was I was physically growing quickly in a short period of time. So when you mess up, And it's like, oh man, I actually get excited when something gets tough in my business because what it means is I'm leveling up. I am literally growing quickly in this period of time. So messing up doesn't bother me as much anymore. And I tell my team like, yo, if we mess up and we mess up big, well then that means we are leveling up and that's an awesome thing. You don't get to 10,000, to 100, to a million without leveling up. You are amazing. You are one of my favorite interviews ever. Thank you for dropping truth and making me laugh and making this fun and approachable like no one else can. Where can everybody connect with you? Well, I am the budget least on everything. I suggest you be too. (laughs) Meaning like if you have a business, please don't be budget queen on Instagram, budget boo boo on um, Facebook, budget mama on your website. Like we're never going to be able to find you. So, So on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Snap, which I never snap, but YouTube, I'm the budget Nista and I'm also the budget Nista.com. And if you want to learn more about my online school, the Live Richer Academy, you can go to joinlra.com and and learn a little bit more. Yeah, I just look forward to to being a service. I have a lot of free stuff. I tell people all the time, like, you know, I make plenty. Yeah. And I will all, you know, I know that as long as I give and I do, I always make plenty that, you know, I'm here to, to really serve. I want you to be better. I want you to have access to the life that you desire. I want you to be able to afford the life that you know that you deserve. And, and I'm here to help you along your journey. You are only alone if you choose mm. to be. And knowledge, access, and community, that's what I provide, you know, because there are some doors that can only be opened from the inside. And I'm here to be your financial insider to open that door and pull you in. So thank you for having me. I'm coming with you, girl. You're in. Thank you so, (laughs) so much. This was such a blast. Um, how amazing is Tiffany? Oh my gosh, you guys, she has been on my list as a guest that I've wanted to get on the show forever, but holy cow, is she hilarious. I love the way that she approaches money and the way she teaches it. And I can tell you, I've taken advantage of her free resources and this woman gives and she shows up in such a big way. I love how she's always looking at ways that she can be in of service for other people, but also she's not apologetic about making money and and charging what she's worth. Man, it's so inspiring to see these transformation stories in action and to hear about what that transformation looked like and felt like. And I'm so thankful that Tiffany showed up and brought it today. I hope that this interview leaves you feeling inspired and excited to tackle your biggest goals. And hey, if you guys want to learn more about money, let me know because I would love to bring Tiffany back on. I mean, let's be honest. It's more for my selfish reasons. She was amazing. Until next time, gold diggers, keep on digging your biggest goals. And thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Gold Digger Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Gold Digger Podcast. Dive into the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at www.golddiggerpodcast.com. 
If you love the show, share it with a friend. The more, the merrier. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time, you gold digger you.